I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, the vaccine is here. At long last, people in the Bay Area are now being vaccinated against the coronavirus that has done so much damage around the world. It's the start of a massive immunization drive expected to unfold over the next several months. But it also comes amid a deadly explosion of the virus, which has now killed more than 300,000 people in the U.S. alone. My guests to talk about this historic day are health reporters Catherine Ho and Aaron Alday. Thanks, guys, for the time. How are you? We're busy, Damien. <laughs> Hanging in there. So... I want to start with you, Kat. Uh, set the scene for us. What happened Tuesday in San Francisco? Tuesday was a pretty major day. Um, so here in San Francisco, the first five people uh, at San Francisco General Hospital got vaccinated this morning, uh, and they were all uh, frontline healthcare workers, um, ER doctors, ICU nurses, and uh, radiology tech. So, Kat, take us to the hospital. These are frontline workers. Why did they do it so publicly? Why did they want to show the public that they were themselves putting it in their arms? Yeah, I think they really wanted to reassure the public that the vaccine works and that it's safe and that, you know, they all made a point of saying they personally reviewed the clinical trial data to see how well it worked and to review the side effects. And I think they're really trying to tell the American people, hey, I got it uh, and I'm excited about it and you should get it too. All right, Aaron, just in terms of history, how should we in the public be looking at this? Should we be, you know, incredibly happy to to see maybe the beginning of the end of the pandemic? Yeah, you know what? I kind of am taking this this standpoint today of all days as being like, you know what? I'm going to take a moment and just recognize this is a pretty freaking historic moment. Um, this is just really cool to be alive in this time and see, you know, how fast this vaccine came out to see this I mean, really, it's going to be an unprecedented historic immunization campaign that kicks off just this week. And to be able to be kind of right here um, as the audience watching that play out, it's just it's just undeniably like a really thrilling time. Um, I mean, of course, it comes in the context of just a lot of death and destruction and just horrible things going on. But personally, I'm just sort of taking this moment, taking this day to just feel really excited, feel really um, kind of inspired by the work that that's gotten us to this day. But Aaron, also a monumental task, right? I mean, the likes of which maybe we've never seen. I mean, not no maybe about it. I mean, this is definitely the biggest immunization campaign, the biggest public health campaign in the history of the country. I mean, I think in the history of the world, potentially. Um, you know, we've had big, big public health, big immunization campaigns before with regards to polio. Even, you know, most people remember the H1N1 vaccination from just about 10 years ago. But it's going to be nothing compared to this, um, just in terms of the number of people that need to be immunized, um, how these immunizations will play out in the midst of a pandemic when you still need to have that kind of social distancing um, and people sort of, you know, behaving themselves and wearing their masks. So there's just so many logistics at play here. We haven't even talked about the vaccines themselves, right? The fact that they need this cold storage, um, they need to be given in two doses and just sort of all of the kind of distribution logistics around this are, it's really hard to write, wrap your head around it. And it'll be really interesting to see how how we deal with that. I mean, how our public health systems hold up both federally um, and, and, you know, all the way down to the local counties um, to see how we, we get that out into people's arms. All right. And as we record this, it's late Tuesday and, and some other good news that the Moderna 
vaccine. The second one um, sounds like it's going to get emergency authorization, authorization as well this week, and reports are that it could start being handed out as soon as next week. Um, but Kat, before we get to, to sort of what's to come in the immunization drive, let's do a little basics. How does this uh, vaccine get administered? How does it work? So this, the first uh, vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine are given in two doses, um, either 21 days apart or 28 days apart. Um, and these are new kind of vaccine technologies being used and it's called mRNA. So it takes kind of a, a synthetic version of the genetic material that makes a certain protein of the virus. And then after it kind of gets injected into you, your own body's cells will produce that particular protein. And that makes your immune system think that it has the virus, which it doesn't really. Um, but then it starts making antibodies and uh, immune defenses to fight it. And Kat, you've written about the side effects. They are a little stronger than the flu uh, vaccine, correct? That's right. Um, our infectious disease experts have said that if people are going to get it, that they should expect um, probably a, st a stronger reaction than the flu vaccine they're used to. Um, some of the most common side effects were soreness uh, in your shoulder or your arm where you get the shot, um, some reported fatigue, uh, headache, as well. Uh, some people had fevers. Um, the kind of consensus right now in the medical community is that there, you know, you should be prepared for side effects, but that uh, most of them are going to last just a couple days. And most of them will also be mild or moderate and not severe. Okay. And finally, Kat, is it permanent? Um, and if not, when do I have to have a second vaccination? Uh, well, we don't know yet how long um, these shots last. Uh, we do know that after the first shot, uh, your body does appear to start building some immunity, but uh, it builds more immunity after the second shot. Uh, so after the second shot, how long that immunity lasts, we don't really know yet. Aaron, you've written a lot about how the public regards vaccines. Um, you've talked about the anti-vax movement. Tell us about the concerns that people have over administering this and whether enough people will get it. Yeah, that's definitely a big, you know, it's a big concern. It's a big question. We honestly just don't know what the uptake is going to be of this vaccine. Um, certainly there were, you know, a lot of issues kind of leading into it, a lot of concerns. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty heavily, heavily politicized there for a few weeks. Um, when, you know, there was some talk from the Trump administration of trying to push this thing through ahead of the election, all that kind of nonsense. It didn't, you know, it didn't play out that way. Things moved pretty, pretty quickly, um, but kind of on their own. I think, you know, there's also people that are just understandably, you know, they've seen this science play out really quickly. Um, and, you know, we're just not used to that. We're not used to, the, to this being sort of the pace of things. Nobody is. Scientists aren't used to this. This is all brand new. So, you know, there is some sort of understandable, you know, people just sort of asking that question, um, wanting to review the data. I know that Kat, you know, talked to a lot of the people who got the first vaccine today who felt really, I mean, they obviously got the vaccine. They felt really confident about it. But even a couple of them had said that they did their own research. They kind of looked at the studies. They they really kind of paid attention to it. And so I think what we're going to see over the next few months is just a really big public health push to reassure people to look into that data, to really get kind of as much, to collect as much information on the safety and long-term efficacy of this vaccine, and to kind of be as transparent with the public as possible. I'm sure that's going to be 
really a huge part of the the Biden administration once once he gets in office in January. All right, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, more about the virus surge that we're in and the vaccine drive ahead. That's on Fifth and Mission right after this. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm joined by Chronicle Health reporters Catherine Ho and Aaron Alday. We're talking about a historic day of the first vaccinations being given in the Bay Area. So, Aaron, I want to go back to you. The surge is, is really devastating. There's a lot of death all around the country. We're seeing that Thanksgiving bump. So it feels like our enthusiasm over this is tempered somewhat. Tell us a little more about what's going on with the surge and how long this might last. Yeah, so you're right in that the this distribution of the vaccine, as thrilling as it is, comes at kind of the worst, darkest time in the pandemic. Um, and and the and as exciting as this vaccine is, it's not going to do anything to stop and to to slow down the the surge that we're in right now. Um, what we're seeing is just. I mean, it's it's mind blowing kind of numbers of cases um, and now deaths are, are picking up too, both in California, in the Bay Area and across the country. Um, the state reported more than 40,000 cases alone on Monday, which was a new record. And the Bay Area reported a horrifying almost 7,000 new cases on Monday, um, which we hasn't haven't come anywhere close to that. I have to think there must have been some sort of case leg built into that. But regardless you know, that that's a just shockingly high number of cases for the Bay Area. Um, and we're definitely seeing across the state, you know, this crunch on our hospital capacity, especially in our intensive care units. Um, a big portion of the state, including all of Southern California, is under about 2% availability of, of these ICU beds. So only about under 2% of all ICU beds in all of Southern California are available at this moment. Um, and there's real concern that, you know, we're, we're going to run out of space. We're just not going to be able to have places for people to go. Um, the governor spoke on Tuesday about opening up some of these, these field hospitals, these, these extra sites to start moving, um, treatment of sort of less critical patients to just to kind of ease up some of that capacity. And they're trying to bring in some staff from out of state and even out of the country to back up our, our staff in California. So we clearly don't want to let our, our guard down because of the vaccine, because it's such crucial days. But Kat, I do want to ask you about for people who get immunized to it, can they act differently? Do they have to wear a mask? Uh, how do their lives change? Well, they should definitely still wear a mask. And the reason for that is because uh, the clinical trials for the vaccines have shown they are effective at um, preventing COVID-19, the disease, the symptoms from developing, um, but we're not 100% sure yet if they actually prevent you from getting the virus and passing it on. So, I mean, there's a pretty high chance that it does do both, but we're just not totally sure yet. So in the meantime, uh, people who have gotten vaccinated or who will get vaccinated should continue doing the masking, doing the physical distancing. Um, and that was one thing that uh, the doctors and nurses who did get their shots today really emphasized was they're still going to work in the full PPE. As far as from here, how does the vaccine roll out? Who else gets it besides these frontline workers that we're seeing get it first? Yeah, so right now um, it's going to be healthcare workers in acute care hospitals. They're kind of the top priority um, and skilled nursing facility staff as well. Um, the nursing homes have been a, a huge uh, source of a lot of deaths, COVID-19 deaths um, in this country and here in the Bay Area. It is often uh, staff who are the vectors who are bringing that in uh, because they're kind of 
out and about in the community and, and kind of, you know, inadvertently, accidentally bringing it into that workplace. So that'll be kind of the top tier. Uh, I think next we'll see other healthcare workers, um, and then it'll be a much larger group of essential workers, uh, you know, people who work in critical infrastructure. Um, and then um, that might happen the same time as, you know, elderly with comorbidities. Uh, and then eventually, probably next summer or fall, will be everyone else. But not till next summer or fall, potentially. I mean, we're really talking about that many months. Yeah, it's, it's really going to take a while. And I actually think that's kind of an optimistic estimate. You know, we've already seen Pfizer recently scale back the number of doses they were able to manufacture right away. And I think summer, I think, looks good for um, most of us. But there's just going to be so many, I think, hiccups that we don't know of uh, that are going to happen along the way. It's, it's, a, it's a long way away, and there's a lot of hurdles to clear. So, Aaron, that sort of brings us to the road ahead in terms of achieving. We do call it herd immunity, right, Aaron? If, if, when when enough people get vaccinated, right? That's right. Okay. So, are are there in between periods here? Do you expect to see deaths go down? Is there a, a, a number of people that it will take to reach herd immunity? And within that, is there a number of people it would take to, for example, go back to school? Um, I think the school thing is a whole other matter. Um, you know, I think most um, places are hoping to get kids back into school largely ahead of herd immunity. I don't think that there's any sort of correlation between those two. I, As far as, you know, what it takes to get to herd immunity, I, the number I hear most often thrown out is about 70% uptake for uh, of the vaccine to get herd immunity with these vaccines, given how... Um, how effective they seem to be, which is they're they're pretty highly effective, but between 90 and 95 percent from the the early studies that have come out. You know, that that will take a while um, to get there, obviously. And I will say, you know, the good news is that, you know, herd immunity is the point where the virus doesn't have any any way to spread anymore. Right. So it's not like you reach herd immunity and then immediately the pandemic is over. There's sort of like a tapering off. But it's it will start tapering off before we reach that 70% or whatever the actual threshold is. So, you know, the hope is that this, the surge we're in now is going to be the worst of it. And if we, as we start getting more and more people vaccinated in the the winter and spring, that that will actually have, you know, make a dent on what the next wave is. So let's say this thing seems to come in waves um, and we don't fully understand why that is. So let's say there is another wave after this. It very likely will be a lesser wave, fewer deaths, certainly, um, if we get a lot of that vaccine, especially if we get that vaccine to those those senior, um, you know, the skilled nursing facilities, the places that have seen the really high death tolls. We could see a, a very strong impact from this pretty, pretty soon. All right. The last thing I want to ask both you guys, you're going to be covering this now for the next several weeks, months ahead. What are you guys looking out for? What is going to tell you the shape of this thing? On the, I think on the, on the vaccine front, it's going to be you know now that the as the vaccines become more available, how many people are actually going to get them? Because you know herd immunity, we're kind of hoping or assuming that I guess number one, this these um, vaccines have you know, provide long-term immunity, which we're not sure about, but we're also kind of building in the assumption that a lot of people get them. And as Aaron talked about, there's a lot of, I think, understandable skepticism about how quickly the vaccines were developed. Um, and so I think a lot of people are, are not quite sure yet whether they want to get them or not, or they kind of feel like, uh, well, maybe you first and we'll see how that goes before I, I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, Kat's right. That's, I think, the the most pressing question to me, too, is what, as far as the vaccination goes, is 
is that uptake and how many people are really interested in getting it. And we should get a, you know, we should honestly get a pretty good sense of that pretty early on with the healthcare workers. I mean, people largely think that healthcare workers tend to be very, very um, strongly, you know, about getting vaccinated, but they're kind of like the rest of us and they tend to have the same concerns and skepticism that a lot of regular people do. So, you know, if, if they get a lot of uptake, that's a good sign. If they're showing some hesitancy, I think that shows that we've got some some messaging work to do ahead of us. All right. Well, thank you, guys. It was an incredible day. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me. Thanks for having us, Damien. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle reporters Catherine Ho and Aaron Alday, to Erica Carlos for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.